Hello, and welcome to this special Denver edition of the Low Key Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Justin's. Justin's creates a nut butter that's naturally delicious with flavors like maple, vanilla, honey, and chocolate. And if you have a sweet tooth, go try their peanut butter cups, which come in white chocolate and dark chocolate. So go to Justin's and get a tasty treat. Now, without further ado, Matt McDonald with Hey PB&J. It's nice, it's easy, it's low-key. Let's get started. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I'm here with Matt McDonald from Oh Hey PB&J and the Meatball. Yeah, Hey PB&J and the Meatball truck we blew the marketing name on called Meatball. So <laughs> we really, we, we, we hit one out of the park on that one, but it's been good. So thanks for nice. having me. Yeah, um, how's, you, you kind of had like a really busy weekend this yeah. weekend. So Every- tell us a little bit about that and like, events that you've been to this weekend yeah yeah we uh we started out the week with a lot of rain and hail and uh the food truck world once it takes off it seems like the more you leave your house the more problems start so our truck got damaged in hail we had to cancel a couple stops at the beginning of the week you know insurance assessments and all that and then we hit the road and we've been out for what we call doubles pretty much every day this week and we do corporate lunches during the week midweek we organize our own uh, stops. We decided to own some stops rather than pay for them, and so we've created a, a side business that that sets up uh, food truck events in uh, neighborhoods for you know nice neighborhoods and things like that. And then on the weekend we did the biggest food truck event of the year, so it's all downhill from here. It's called the North Glen Food Truck Carnival, and it was just a great experience. But it was. Uh, you know, I'm running on about two hours of sleep, and we did it on about three hours of sleep yesterday. We served probably 1,200 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and about 800 meatball subs. So it was wow. a fantastic weekend. We loved it. <laughs> and we were true carnies. We were by Ferris wheels, which never happens. I mean, we are kind of carnies, but we don't get to hang out by the rides. And this time it was pretty cool. So lifelong dream, you know, accomplished. So yeah, you never know what every week is going to give you in food truck land because you're always moving and the environment always changes. So Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about your journey and what kind of got you into the food industry mm-hmm. and food trucking, I guess, as you would say. Sure. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, I was in the restaurant business for a very long time, basically, because I wasn't good at math and I was an <laughs> English major. And uh, my mom, however, was a very good cook. My dad and my mom were both very open-minded. So we ate, I didn't realize it until looking back on sort of where the genesis of coming into the food business and staying in it started. Um, but it was, they were very open-minded about taking us out to restaurants in the 70s and 80s, which were just, you know, nothing like today. Um, so that really opened my mind. And then in college, I read a lot, and I started to read. I got a, very interested in food writing. Um, I don't know really how. Um, there are old-school writers, MFK Fisher, who's sort of the Catherine Hepburn of the food world. She's very feisty, and uh, other writers. And I got into single-subject essay books about food. 
and I just started reading about it. And when I graduated, I, you know, or graduated left, I have two credits left and never looked back. I went to culinary school because we ended up as an English major, you know, working in restaurants. That's what we do as English majors. So <laughs> I, I went to the Culinary Institute of America back when everything was blowing up. This was pre-Food Network. Uh, we were actually the first class in the the prestigious Culinary Institute of America to send interns to this great new little TV program called, uh, you know, the Food Network. So it was just getting to be sort of guys like me who came from, uh, you know, a privileged background with liberal arts education, getting to be like sort of a white collar profession. And hmm. yeah, that was a absolute lie. But uh, graduated, worked in Chicago for five years and Ooh. Then did it for about another 15 years and got out of it for a good 10 years because it was around 35. I just started, you know, it was it was too much and I was I kept getting older. They kept staying the same age in my companies and then the restaurant business. So, um, food trucks was a way for me to continue doing it after eight years of being out. I missed it. I thought it would be way more part time than it was. Um, we bought Hey PB and J. Um, in 2011 with a business partner that didn't work out. Uh, but it took off, and we got very lucky with timing. Um, yeah. That was when the food truck world sort of exploded. It was about, we're about a third generation trucker, I would say. Maybe people think that we've been on a little bit longer, but we just hit our fifth year anniversary. Um, and that was when the food truck industry, in every way, shape, and form, in Denver and nationally, um, just blew up, you know, and we rode that wave for a very long time. And it's sort of now settled into a real industry rather than a fad. Yeah. Um, and we got very lucky um, with our timing. So we're very, uh, Hey PB&J is a very well-known and very loved truck in Denver. Um, that's not to say we're the busiest trucker, it's the biggest money maker. Uh, well, I actually started Meatball so I could find a more consistent means of revenue. People like to eat meat and potatoes and that's my baby. So I love Meatball, but um, you found out about me through all the press through that sort of food truck craze. Yeah. So I came into it just you know thinking it was going to be a hobby, and it was a lot like the, the Hey PB&J and Meatball, though Meatball's gone in a different direction, are really my ways of sort of doing those single subject essays that I liked about John McPhee, Oranges, or a writer called Edward Baer, who was one of the first writers to just have chapters, salt, you know, oregano, and he'd dig in, dig in deep. You know, and now there's whole books as the food world took off, you know, on salt, you know. And, yeah. Um, but that was, that really piqued my interest for food trucks where I was like, this is, this is fucking awesome. So we did, you know, we've got like 30 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that we do. They're all grilled and it's just been really fun creatively and, uh, and now it's really paying off on the business side. So. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's so crazy. So, so tell us a little bit like why you think, cause, cause food trucks has been, a huge industry now yeah and, and it, it became is. a huge trend like why do why do you think that is um, why do people love food trucks so much I don't know why people love food trucks I don't um, you know we did this like I said we did this carnival yesterday and the lines were 20 30 deep and as a food truck owner I'm like great let's get these we try and have you know minute-long pickup times but I would never Wait, <laughs> for somebody that'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go get my beer across the street and sneak it in or whatever, you know, save 7-Eleven. But uh, food trucks started, I think, because the economy tanked and uh, restaurant conditions for cooks are, are very, very difficult to actually make a living. 
And people generally in the food world are creative individuals who see themselves striking out on their own or running their own business or running you know, a kitchen. And when they realize that running a kitchen for someone else absolutely, totally sucks, you know, they're thinking, how am I going to get there? How am I going to do this on my own? And the low barrier of economic entry is just you know, staggering what you can do. Um, and if you hustle, you make it. And there's a lot of success stories like ours that cooks are like, fuck this job. I'm going to go buy a truck. I'm going to build, I mean, I'm going to go make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mine, I was in the software world and I, I got out, I changed back into this career, but I just, you know, my last year I was doing, you know, telephone sales demos for a Silicon Valley company, you know, uh, uh, out of the back of a purple truck, you know, and uh, I think, I think people maybe are attracted to that energy. Maybe people like we always say, you know, be as crazy, in, in our concepts, because we're not so serious, be as crazy as you want in the window. Be a food truck guy, you know, be, you know, be yourself, because that's sort of what people are attracted to. They want to know your story. They want, well, how'd you do this? And oh, where the fuck did you get an idea for a purple truck, which wasn't my idea, but, you know, stuff like that. So maybe people are, are the food has to be solid. Now it's very, very competitive, but I think people are mostly attracted to the dream of sort of that, uh, you know, working for yourself. You know, the, the jump to conclusions, Matt, in office space, that's, that's sort of the food truck world where it's like <laughs> some guy sitting at a desk like, how do I get out of this, you know? And it's very inexpensive to get into, you know? So yeah. economics and then people like that. People like the dream, I think. What, what do you think for you was your, like your biggest struggle or your toughest challenge as building up um, your food truck? It's just so much work. It's just, it is, and, but I, I will say, if you work for yourself, I don't care if you're a plumber or whatever, I, I talk to, I try to do business on the small side with people because those are my people, you know, so I go to local bakeries, I go, you know, we buy products from a smaller butcher, we buy our chicken from as much as possible. Um, it's just, you don't feel like it's work, so you put in a lot um, because you feel like, oh, this, isn't, this isn't that hard. The hardest thing for me was to pace myself because I would work just, you know, at the beginning and I was alone, I didn't have Holly, my girlfriend who, uh, she's my girlfriend, but she's my business partner. Um, she runs a lot of it. It was insane. I mean, I just, all the time, and I would get to the point, I remember one Monday, happened a couple times where I tried to pick up my head and go to a lunch and it was, this is not happening. You know, I cannot get out of bed. So I was setting limits and stamina because once you get on that train, it doesn't stop, you're out there working. And you can't just say, I'm not going, though some trucks do. But, you know, you're, you're on a train. So getting used to that rhythm, um, trying to find a balance. It sounds a little cheesy, but the work-life balance, that was very hard. Because you do have that passion as yeah. an entrepreneur. And you do like food trucks, and you love it, and you want to be there all the time. But then you meet a girl, and you got to spend time with her, and you get a dog, and you got to find, you know, and you can't, <laughs> you can't burn out like I did when I was single, because I can come home and crash for a day and a half, but now I've got a life and I can't. So finding that balance was very, very tough. It's, uh, but it has never, I have felt like I have not worked in four years, but I have been very tired. So, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's hard. That's the hard part. It's sort of maybe workaholism, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's awesome. That's funny. I feel like, like for me, like I travel so much 
Like it's starting to hit me. Like I need sleep. I need. I need to yes. find this balance. Of, yeah. I'm so young that I'm just like I. I want to stay out all all, all night. Yeah. But then again, I'm just like man. I need sleep at yeah. the same time. I can imagine it's it's very similar. You're traveling and and you're passionate about what you do. And that passion, if you follow that, it doesn't give a rat's ass about sleep. It just says keep going. Yeah. So, so that's why I'm wearing like a Ramon shirt. Those guys, they just went. That band was all the time. You know. And I'm sure they struggled with some internal issues because they never stopped working. You know? yeah. So, yeah. So. I mean, it'd be hard to being on the road all the time. Yeah, yeah. Awesome music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I want to be out there. Yeah. So what would you say for you? Have, have you seen a difference um, since, you first since you first started to now? Uh, in terms of in what arena? Um, just like experience business-wise or... Like, like um, in the market, or, or how I approach the business, or what? Yeah, yeah, just from where you started um, to, to now. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Like, we couldn't, last year, Let's for example, let's use this weekend. Last year, we did this food truck carnival. Um, just slaughtered us, killed us. I mean, we went down in flames, in the weeds, every trendy freaking kitchen quote you can use. It was painful we ran out of food halfway through the event five and a, five and a half hours in had to leave our trailer come back and pick it up the event organizers were like oh, i'm so sorry we didn't know it'd be this busy this year we just crushed it i mean we sold so much food not only did we have meatball there which was the only truck there last year yeah you know we had both trucks so it's you learn from your you learn you know and you you don't go out all the time, like I was just talking about. You realize that you can lose money in the food truck world just going out and sitting and paying money. So you, you work smarter. And uh, and you meet a girl who's really smart who tells you you're doing a lot of stupid things. So, you know, that has changed a lot. Uh, and the industry itself has completely changed. It's far more commonplace. You know, it's far, not commonplace, I would say, but far more uh, widespread and accepted as a as a, an industry to visit once a week, you know? And uh, we used to have people come up to the purple truck when we first started, we'd sell like five sandwiches. What is this? And what is a food truck, literally, you know? Um, so yeah, it's changed in, in, in five years and a lot, and so has our business. You just have to constantly listen to your business and yeah. grow and see where, like yeah, I'm sure you listen to yourself and you're like, why did I say that or whatever? <laughs> you know, I gotta, you know, you, you gotta pivot and you gotta, you gotta, you got to make adjustments, and we do that daily. You know. Yeah. yeah. So, so what keeps you motivated or passionate to stay in the food industry or the food trucking world? Um. I don't want to go back to. I am. I am. Uh, you guys know. Are you two? Is Henry Rollins on Young People's Minds? Do you know Henry Rollins at all? I, I don't know. He's a lead singer of Black Flag, and he. Uh, you should Google his YouTube where he's. You know, what, what keeps you passionate? He's like, I'm a minimum wage worker, you know, at heart, and I'm not gonna go back to that, you know, and I'm not, you know, so I just keep working and I take the work and he travels all over the world and writes books and does all this stuff far more than me. I'm not comparing myself to his output, but there is sort of a fear of putting on a headset and going back to a shitty office and, and uh, heading out to someone else's food truck and eating a lunch and going back in and sitting there and getting paid on the, on basically, you know, I think is a really, sad way to live giving uh, just waiting for your handout and your check and your insurance and it's just total bullshit I don't want to do that <laughs> I don't want to do that ever you know I don't like that work I didn't like I, although there were great people in that environment when I worked in there I don't want to be that person never again and the other side is it's just a ton of fun it really is 
my employees are fun. I get to pick all these really interesting people who you might, you know, you might not be surprised are interested in working on a food truck or like peanut butter and jelly truck. Um, the creativity, and then the, you just, you get that immediate response from people, like literally. It's not like a restaurant where you get, you hear these like addictions cooks have of putting food in the window and stuff. You get to put it right in their hands and watch them eat it, and, and they just love it. And uh, if they don't, sometimes they don't, you know, and you're like, ah, what do we do? But um, it's that, that hook, you know. It's crazy, I don't know. I don't know, we haven't stopped, so maybe I haven't thought about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> it wasn't really cool of you to bring up, you know, now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> That's but, funny. Yeah, so, so probably like you, you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I found my niche, you know, I found something that I'm gonna do, and, yeah. you know, you don't do it for a while, and you're in the corporate world or the startup world like I was, you remember that, and you're like, the, every day is a gift, and you're gonna milk it, so. Uh, and that's how I feel in the business, for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> so if it's not for you, listening audience, don't do it. Because I like to say, if, you're not, if you don't love it, you'll kill yourself. <laughs> this is not some cooking school commercial where it's like, do what you love. If you, if, you, if you truly love it, do it. But don't listen to that whole Kevin spend money on cooking school. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, find your niche and then do it. Find, in anything. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and you know, I think that makes a successful business on the on the business side. When people can feel on a, on a gut level that that business is humming and coming from a good place and has that energy, they're attracted to it and they will come. And uh, yeah, that that I believe is a, is a real secret in business. So yeah, because because you you want to do it like from a certain extent for the money, yes. Because you, you want to do what you're passionate about, yes. but you don't want to do it all for the money and stuff like that. And, and you want to yeah. like you want to find your niche, but you don't also want it to be a, yeah. a thing that's constantly grinding you and stuff like that. If you're yeah. not passionate about it, yeah, I can. I mean, that was my life in in the software world. And yeah, you're correct. You don't want to do it for the money. For for Hey PB and J and the food trucks, it literally is. I've used to hear people say, "Don't do it for the money. You do it for the love." And I. Fucking nuts, because I was so broke. You know, I'm like, screw you, I'm broke, I need money. But now that we're doing okay, we're not rich by any means, but we are, you know, the business is stabilized, it's five years, and anyone who has started their own business knows that's a good landmark. Um, and you, we, we have been broke a lot, you know, starting it up. Everyone in business has, but um, it has always sort of been, yeah, we have to make money because we have to do the next gig and we have to have fun and we have to come back to the North Glen Carnival this next year because we're going to kick ass and nobody's going to take us down. And that really is it. Now, that being said, if you're broke, do it for the money. Because so. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay the mortgage, you know. Yeah. Your dog needs to eat. You know, you got a hot girlfriend and you want to keep her. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, what, what would you say is unique about your guys's truck, I mean, it is unique because it's a it's a peanut butter and jelly yeah. grilled sandwich um, yeah. place. So that that is unique, and I will say we did find if this was very early in the street food sort of boom, and there was a cart in Portland doing grilled peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so when we came up with the idea, we saw that and we're like, oh, that's something you know we can do, you know. Um, what has made us unique in peanut butter in in, in the Denver scene? Um, it's not just the fact that of what we serve, it's the fact that we don't serve anything else. We won't do it. Again, referring back to the Ramones, Johnny Ramone, the great guitar player. Three chords, 
never he found something that was successful, never changed it, and was a stubborn, you know, butthead about it. Like ACDC, a lot of my I'm huge in the music. They just, you know, they're those bands that that never changed. And that I was very stubborn at the beginning about this is all we're doing. People coming up. Do you have a grilled cheese? Can you make a grilled cheese? Because we could. No, we're a peanut butter and jelly truck. That's it. And we don't make a lot of, we don't, we could make a lot more money if we were the peanut butter burger truck or the peanut butter grilled cheese truck or whatever. But um, that is what is truly unique. We have stuck to the original concept when the market really has changed. There's no longer these single SA trucks that are being launched. Um, meatball is called Meatball, but we serve a ton of other stuff on it. Um, but that's what makes peanut butter and the PB&J truck so successful uh, from the, I think, from the public side. Uh, because it's just, it's a single thing, you know. That is very unique. Um, it just is. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's not, the, the market will never go back that way. It's all moved to everything you see on a corner by a highway that you'll see a food truck that's very similar to it. So burgers, hot dogs, tacos, barbecue. I think they had five barbecue trucks at this Carnival over the weekend in Denver, bar barbecue reigns supreme, then burgers. So, you know, you're just not going to see that. That's what, you know, you're not going to see the kind of risks that were taken at the beginning of the boom. You know, mm -hmm. we have a truck, number one truck in Denver, Kiro Arapis. It's uh, uh, an Arapis truck. All they do is Arapis. And unlike PB&J, they just struck it rich. You know, it's just crazy how busy they are or how many people accept that were we are very much a niche, and I like to say only the cool kids come to us, so. Uh, <laughs> but that's what makes us unique, and that's what made a lot of food trucks five years ago unique. I hate to sound like an older guy, but and complain, I'm not complaining about the scene, because I'm, I'm very interested when the market changes, and I'm, I'm interested in that dyna dynamic, you know, nature of business, but mm. you just don't see, I don't know, you just don't see the, the real wacky trucks that are out there, which is really what hooked my interest but I've got one so I don't need to see any of maybe it's nice that way yeah you know that, yeah. that's interesting yeah. so so tell us a little bit about the I mean you, you touched a little bit about on the the, the Denver food truck scene mm -hmm. but tell us a little bit about how it is and like the community of that um, starting was weird there were food trucks out there and I felt that there were a lot and that we might have been a little late to the game there were maybe 20 or 30 um, every year I go and get my health inspection for both of the trucks. I ask how many like, now they know me. I'm like, uh, you know, the peanut butter and jelly and meatball guy. Um, hey, you know, Linda, how many food truck licenses are there out there? And when I had my food truck inspection for meatball in October, there were 600 vendor licenses. Wow. Um, which was up from, yeah, like 30 when I started. So it is an incredibly crowded market. It was really treated well by the Denver government and the Colorado government where they they kind of not a huge fan of I'm, I'm about as far left as it gets politically but I can see why free market does build certain things because they really were hands-off they didn't try and regulate it I think Denver was just starting to come up up and coming on nationally now it's a very hot city and they said we want to be in that arena with Portland we want to be in that arena with Austin so they let the food truck industry grow to the point where you know the fire you know, we had a, an explosion and some fires because what? it's just yeah it's very it's, yeah, it's big we had a huge one of the big pizza trucks had a huge propane explosion so now this year the fire department stepped in and 
totally regulated. We've got all kinds of you know things that we have to do. Everything has to be up to code. But that period of four years, uh, that was an incubation period where anyone could get in the game, you know. And the the city was very very nice to us. So that was that's big. That, that's probably the the one thing that differentiates Denver trucks from other cities is how big it is and how many great trucks there are and, and the, the type of people moving here are you know now from uh, you know other cities New York and Minneapolis who had food truck scenes and they come here and they're like yeah it's Denver's big and the weather's nice so there's a long selling season and you know mm -hmm. so it's it is it is a, a big economy and it is extremely competitive now so. yeah is there is there any like food trucks that you're connected with or that you're you're close to at all? <laughs> now I'm not going to post this online on my site. Uh, you know what? I have sort of become a lone wolf. Uh, the one thing that we did was try and organize these neighborhood events that we have under a sort of a semi-logo called Hand to Mouth, and that gets you involved with organizing. Organizing food trucks is very different from uh, to get them to show up four at a time for a certain period of time. It's very different from owning a food truck. Yeah. Um, we picked it up. It was a small sort of grassroots thing that happened up in Boulder, and we moved on from. We took it down to Denver, and uh, it just can get. It, it is very competitive. You're never guaranteed money when you go out, and when you're an organizer in a truck, it's very hard to get close to other trucks and make friends because you could. They could be at a stop that you that you set them, and it was a horrible night, and they'll blame you. So yeah, huh. it's all, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, do I know trucks for you know that have been out there for a while? That's kind of I've seen how it works. Like generations of trucks, if you launch that same season, you kind of stick together, you know. But uh, I, some of my favorites, I mean, I love a truck called El Toro the Tot. He's been out for a while. He's a burger, Spanish burger truck with uh, Spanish tater tots. I love uh, Chewy Foos, which is a great hot truck who who made the leap into a brick and mortar. You know, there's so many. I mentioned Kira Rapis, who I don't really know, but everybody knows they're the, the biggest thing going. Um, you know, so I have a lot of respect for people who just work. If I come, we're sitting in a kitchen commissary right now. Uh, you know, where about 30 trucks work. If I see someone in a in the kitchen commissary as much as me, I'm down. You know, I don't necessarily you know do anything with them, but you know. <laughs> it's 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 very competitive, and it's yeah. sometimes you know you might I've got kind of a mouth and can joke around, and it's when it's when you're you literally show up and you work with your competitors every day, and I used to not think of it that way, and then you know so a few thing events happened, and I saw a few events happen to other trucks, and I realized, eh, you know maybe we'll stick to ourselves, we'll do this organizing, we'll stay on that level. We love creating these events that put money in people's pockets. It's the best thing in the world to be able to pass that on and say, hey, we had a part of that, you know, but you're not always liked because of it. So now uh, it's, not a com it's not camaraderie anymore, which is maybe it never was because it's business. That's the, that's the uh, sad side about working in, being passionate about something you have to have money for. Yeah. There's, there's that competitive edge you have to have. Yeah. And we have it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, being in a big city, it's harder to, I mean, because there's so many trucks, it's harder to, to become a community with, with other food trucks and stuff. Yeah, you might find that other, you know, the, some guy used that community line on me yesterday, and it's like, it's a great community unless you're, you know, not 
unless you're fighting with each other. And uh, yeah. I'm not saying that's what the Denver community is. There are a lot of great trucks who get along. There are a lot of mini clicks and stuff like that. And I love to see you know people succeed. And I think everyone does. It's just a very tough. You're all you know. We had a truck last week. We had a a deal signed for a gig, a small gig, but we work with minimum sales amounts. So we had a decent minimum sale amount that was guaranteed us. And some truck called up and, you know, took the gig from us by not doing a minimum sales amount. That stuff happens. So that's just the yeah. tip of the iceberg. So you don't want to get too close with someone and then have that happen. And, you know, it's, it's hard to, um, you know, we've started to get to know a couple trucks just because we're just so tired of not being understood by other friends. So we've, you know, we're, it's like, that guy's really cool. So we go out to dinner or play video games or whatever <laughs> with, with, with the people who are, you know, that we hope we can sustain a friendship with. But it is, it's very tough. When you've got 600 food licenses, and, and Denver, you mentioned, is a big city. It's big, but I'm from Chicago, you know, uh, Cleveland, those kind of, those are, the, Chicago's a huge city, you know. They don't have, thir they don't have six, uh, 600 food licenses. They've got about 30 trucks, so. It can it can get tough, you know. Yeah. You know, but like I said, if I see you work a lot, if I see someone, that's I really I really like to see people succeed. So I do. That's awesome. Yeah. Is is there any food truck or food guy that kind of inspired you to be, or still continues to inspire you to be in the food truck industry? Um. Not so much. It's not. There was no food truck industry when I started. I mean, there was. There were the LA trucks, you know, that you were like, oh, you can do this. This is really cool. And then the the guy from Koji, uh, you know, Roy Choi, who made such a huge deal, and now he's got great little restaurants and stuff. Um, and he's a superstar. But I never looked up to him, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know. Uh, it, it wasn't that. It was more like this is an opportunity to do something different. And I'm, I'm old, you know. I don't know, maybe people look up to food truck people like, now it's like, I really want to be like that. I'm like, what, are you fucking out of your mind, you know? <laughs> it's like, go find, go find someone making, you know, more money and who doesn't have to work 18 hours a day. But uh, no, not, not so much. I look to musical people. I, that's, we spend a lot of time, you know, I spent a lot of time growing up in the music world and, and those people drive me. And there's a lot of similarity, probably like you. You travel from city to city. We try, we've got two gigs a day. You know, we're like, you know, we've got a lunch show and a dinner show and sometimes a late night show, you know, and that's just like, you know, just like a traveling van. And we're always getting in the van. You know, I've got a van that pulls the meatball trailer or getting in the truck. Those guys inspire me. You know, the guys, I'm a huge fan of uh, not his politics, but Johnny Ramone. He just freaking worked his butt off. Henry Rollins, anyone with a work ethic, Ian McKay from Minor Threat, those were all my old school hardcore punk bands. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, but uh, <laughs> but those, that's what drives me. You know, I got a picture of, of Johnny Ramone in my van, and I'm like, yeah, all right, baby, start it up. It's 5 a.m. Let's get ready for another meatball lunch or whatever. So that's what drives me. It's more the energy behind it, um, the sort of what they call now do-it-yourself ethos, which at, when I was growing up was simply, you know, punk rock and do what you want to do and make it happen yourself and that's what drives me yeah that's awesome that's really cool what can you describe to us a little bit about like your menu um 
what you have on your truck, oh, hey, PB&J. Yeah. And, then, and then if you want um, the meatball one too as well. So. Oh, we can just, meatballs just burgers and fries in disguise, guys. I mean, it's really, really good meatballs. It took us about two years to put together a meatball that was tasty, that we felt was really good, and now we have great. But we have cheesesteaks, we have fries, all that. We call it the dumb truck, because it's, we do, anytime we try and get creative, you know, it doesn't sell. So we're, we, we, you know, it's all red sauce, fries, Parmesan, garlic, fries, stuff like that. The, the, the more interesting one definitely is the PB&J truck um, that sticks with a single item. Um, and every once in a while we get to add a new sandwich, but people come to food trucks and they want to see the same thing every time they like. Like we have a top seller called the Figgy Piggy. It's been on for years. It's homemade fig jam, homemade almond butter, uh, rosemary honey, thick cut wow. bacon. Uh, I think I'm leaving. Oh, goat cheese. I'm leaving something out because that's my girlfriend's truck, Holly Matthews. That's what she does now. Um, but in menu development, I still do it. And Holly will sneak in, all of a sudden I'll be like, what's that on the menu, you know? She's like, that's my strawberry balsamic pie. She's from Texas, so, you know, <laughs> she, she throws stuff in a lot as well. But uh, coming up with peanut butter jelly sandwiches is not as different, it's not as difficult as you think. It's, you know, you pick a fruit and corresponding or correlating nut butter and uh, then try, we try and make it as savory as possible so we can you know be on that meat side we've got a a fried chicken uh pbj that is fried chicken green tomato jam uh molasses pecan peanut butter what else is on there goat cheese and uh hot honey see i haven't been on that truck in years thanks to holly um so you know we try and have fun with it and we try and strike a chord with on the menu uh, with the people who come to it by not getting too strange, you know, like espresso peanut butter with, uh, you know, uh, chestnut honey kumquat jam was something that we did way at the beginning when we were freaking idiots and had no money. But, um, you know, it's, you try and be, you try and have fun. And that's what the Hey PB&J truck's about. People, you drive up in a purple truck, no one's taking you seriously. You just try and take, jump on that, you know, not very serious wave. Um, and, and put out food that is a good time and unbelievably tasty. I don't even know how those things are so good. You know, they are delicious. They're all grilled in butter. We make all our own ingredients, all the jams, all the nut butters, and that, if you go home and just open up a jar of whatever corporate jam you want, or God forbid, a can, if you buy it that way, I don't even know if you can, it's just not gonna be the same thing. So, you know, that, sticking to that and just being a bastard about consistency and a bastard about your principles and riding through freaking insane price increases with you know almond butter and stuff like that and sticking with a good price point with your customers they you know that's that's what the menu is all about you know and we really believe menu you think all right menu is all creative menu is also about pricing um, and we are not we are not trucks that 15 bucks for a burger you know which is huge nowadays because if they're not terribly busy, they have to make some money somehow. And it's very expensive to operate these things, but we are, you know, $7.50, $8.50, $9 for our big sandwiches on PBJ. You know, we try not to go above $10 on meatball, low combos, stuff like that. So price is huge for us. We could make way more money, um, but we believe in, in that, that's part of the fun. <laughs> hey, I got a deal. I wouldn't go to a taco truck and pay $4 for a taco. I go to a taco truck I know down the street in, in an area uh, in Denver, Federal Avenue, and get a taco sometimes for a buck. You know, that's fun. That's what food trucks are about. Let's go out and 
do something a little low rent. You know, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm just an affluent dick, but you know that's what it was about. You know, so we try and do that as well on the menu. Have fun, good prices. You know, and uh, it's worked out. That's awesome. Why did you choose Denver over any other city? <laughs> it was I was in Chicago for a while, and then I got out of Chicago during I don't know if you even remember we're even alive the dot com bust in two thousand when all of the fine dining, I did five years of fine dining cooking in Chicago, and uh, they were all closing and not doing too well. Oh. Um, so I ended up in Minneapolis, long story short, which is probably like Siberia. It's a very cultural city, very fun, but the weather was absolutely ridiculous. So um, I ended up in Denver. I knew people who, who uh, were coming to Denver. I was a chef up at a resort in northern Wisconsin after leaving Minneapolis. And I followed him here as a dartboard, you know. And that was 12 years ago. And I moved out here to get out of the food business. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> that lasted eight, nine miserable years. Follow your passion, just don't pay for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, and, and guys, I mean, Denver, people are always like, yeah, don't move to Denver. It's, it's kind of like probably what Seattle was like or Austin. Uh, but move to Denver, it's, it's freaking awesome. You know, the weather's killer. The people are chill. I haven't worn a tie since I left the corporate world, but when I did, I only wore it to stand out and look more professional. No, every, everything is a lot more casual and low-key here. And may, that might be, you know, getting back to your question of why do people like food trucks, it's, that's the heart and soul of Denver. There's a, it's a burger town. It's not a fine dining town. I see a lot of concepts come in, and I've got that background. I'm like, oh, yeah, give this like a year. It's like, I hope they didn't sink too much money into this, you know. Denver is casual, and, and maybe that's why um, food trucks here has, have been embraced so uh, widely. So, yeah. 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 But I love it here. Feel free to move here. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a transplant, and there's a lot of transplants here. Yeah. So, yeah. What, would your, what would your advice be to someone that wants to get into small businessing or, like, the food, food industry? Um... Well, first off, I think you're going to fail in some respect when you first start out. You just will. Uh, it's just going to happen. And I call it, again, I think I said this before, but I call it listening to your business. You have to listen to your business, not daily, not weekly, but minute by minute, and uh, know how to pivot and be like, all right, you got to, you know, this isn't working. And a failure is not a failure. I'm not Zig Ziglar, but it's an opportunity to change something. We failed on PBJ financially. It's a it was a failure for a long time. Longer than a food truck should have been. I should not have been in business, you know, after the second season. But I got, kind of got into this weird, you know, uh, partnership with another truck and started Meatball. And that had started the money coming in on a more consistent basis. Because PBJs, it's not a daily truck. You know, it's a special events truck. So we were a failure. But uh, I knew something was there. People loved it. And uh, we only did private events for a season and people went absolutely bananas. Where are you? Why don't you do this anymore? But yeah, you're gonna fail and you just can't stop. Mm -hmm. You're not, you can't, you can't look at every day as, uh, you know, when something goes wrong. You just, I, I'm so not sensitive to anything anymore, you know? I just, I am just like a bull. It's like a really, you know, blah, blah, blah. You just said what? I just don't care, you know? <laughs> you just got to do what you know is right. And, and failure no longer is failure. It's, that's, it's a daily thing and you just deal with it. So if you're going to go into small business, just get ready for that. You know, follow you. I mean, obviously, 
whatever speaks to you, you know, whatever's gonna make your life great and what you're gonna make the world better by doing it, do that. Don't follow the money, you know, unless you're broke, then follow the money. But uh, <laughs> that's a t-shirt, guys. Someone print that up. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, follow your passion, all that, but just be ready. It's brutal. I'm sure, you know, you're, your train's late or whatever. You've got all kinds of other in your podcast uh, business, you know, or, or, or passion, you know. You just have to, you have to roll with it. And you just gotta keep a positive attitude and you gotta make it happen. That's my, that's my, uh, that's kind of my, uh, you know, Simpsons line, you know, uh, that I say over and over, you gotta just make it happen. Yeah. We don't have any peanut butter. I don't give a shit, make a peanut butter sandwich, man. <laughs> Cause you got like a line 20 deep, so let's get going. You know, you just gotta, oh, well, then here's the peanut butter, you know, and they find it or something, you know, but you really gotta, you gotta be strong and it, it pays off. You grow as an individual, you know, you really do. And small things don't bother you so much anymore, but definitely get ready for the hard times and have a lot of money up front. That's for sure. If you're going to get, you really do. And I had an influx of capital from family when things started to go awry and I wouldn't have made it, but I had a year and a half in savings um, that I could live on. And that was starting my second year. So I went two and a half seasons and you know, I just kept fighting. You know, I was like, I'm not gonna fail. And a couple business partnerships go south and you know, Find your Johnny Ramon, or find your Johnny Ramon, and, and be like, "What would this guy do?" He would not say quit. He would just keep doing it. So, yeah, get ready. That's what <laughs> I'm, That's my advice. Get ready, baby, <laughs> and have a blast through it. You'll have a blast. You know, so. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. Yeah. Um, what? Um, how could people find you, and how could people see where your trucks are and where they're at? That's an interesting question. Uh, because there are so many trucks in Denver, it is incredibly competitive. So you might even have this perception that um, we post on Twitter, you know, that movie Chef, which I loved. I thought it was great. It was like the greatest fairy tale. And all the other trucks are like, that's shit. It's not real. It's like, well, you want to take your day off and go watch something real? Go sit on your truck, you know. But uh, you post online and there's a long line of people. Never happened. You know, that was part of the truck mythology. Um, and nowadays, you don't post, I don't post so much where I'm at because uh, someone will end up in your spot someday soon. So uh, you, a lot of people call, we do post on Facebook. We did this week, we tried to do it more in the busy months. Um, uh, Twitter, and then we're trying, you guys are probably savvy as fuck on the Instagram. We're trying to get into that, <laughs> uh, you know, but I'm, I'm older and we'll probably have to hire a social media manager. Well, career opportunity, twenty dollars a week is my budget. <laughs> Soon your business will be—you'll be printing money with me. But, but yeah, I mean the social media. But we, you know, uh, food trucks are very much uh, wherever you're at. If you have a good spot, it's a—they it, jump on opportunity. Uh, they do not create a buzz unless you're a very big truck. You, you're more capitalizing on a good location, and you don't have to pose for that. People just walk by it, so you know. But if you're looking to push my business, give a call or check out, you know, the social media, uh, Facebook, uh, Eat It Meatball, or Hey PB and J, uh, backslash both on Facebook and Twitter. Cool. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for being on the Low Key Podcast and uh, telling us about your story. So. Yeah. Thank you. I hope I, I uh, Low Key is not how you describe me. So I hope I, I, I didn't stick out like a sore thumb. But thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. I'll see you later. All right, buddy. 
Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the Low Key Podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, go check out and see where Hey PB&J is and go try one of their grilled gourmet peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Go also find them on Facebook and Instagram and all their social mediums. Guys, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, write a review, go give us five stars. It helps us out. Also, if you don't subscribe, but you listen to this podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes. And also, go check out our website at www.lowkeypodcast.com. We got some cool stuff coming with t-shirts and a vlog with some of the owners, which is very exciting. And go check out our Instagram and also our Facebook. Go like and follow us and go see what Loki's doing or who, who Loki's interviewing. Well, that's it in low-key land, guys. Keep it nice, easy, and low-key. See you guys later.